Hi, I'm Chelsea. And I'm Chris. And we are first-time parents. We are a mid-20s couple living on the east side of Seattle in Washington State. Our baby was born in the spring of 2020, and we are learning how to become parents while continuing our lives of outdoor adventure and home renovations. So come listen to our journey as we learn how to adapt parenting into our lives. Welcome Welcome back, Jamie. We are back again, coming at you from a tiny home in Plain, Washington. We are currently on a mini vacation, uh, just a couple hours from where we live, staying in a tiny home and spending time in Leavenworth, uh, which is in the Cascades of Washington State. We're here to tell you about Jamie's previous approximately a month, a little bit more. Uh, He is now seven months old, and we wanted to tell you about his seventh month and uh, all the growth he's gone through and the activities we've done with him and uh, where he's at currently in his development stage. It's been pretty interesting. Very interesting. So um, just at the turn of the month, um, we went to a trip to the Olympic Peninsula, um, and that was really fun, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, we went over to see the rainforest. So most people don't know, but there is a rainforest in Washington called the Ho Rainforest, H-O-H. And uh, it's it's really just like a super lush forest. I think it just gets within the range of rain, like precipitation per year, to call it a rainforest. Mm-hmm. And then... Otherwise, it doesn't look that different from all the other forests around here. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty common in the Northwest, but I think that's the only area that's within the actual like scientific range precipitation wise. Oh. So anyway, we took a that was like our first actual oh. road trip with Jamie. We hadn't gone more than like between one and two hours with him before that. Yeah, but I'd say we probably had like I don't know fifteen hours of driving in that trip in three days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's um, we had to drive through Forks, Washington. Uh, to get there, a lot of you have recognized Forks from uh, the book series Twilight. Um, and so when we went through Forks, we were kind of hoping that, you know, it'd be like a little bit of a built up touristy town, you know, by the time we had gone through, just so that maybe we'd get like, you know, find a cool place to get something to eat or something like that. But it really wasn't. It was like a rundown, like preservation logging town, town and logging town. Yeah. And there really wasn't anything there. Yeah, um, we had heard a lot of people like travel there ever since the books got popular. Um, so we really thought that they would have like played on that and like had a lot of I don't know like vampire themed restaurants or something. Sorry, the mic just failed. I made a weird noise. Mm. Yeah, but there really wasn't anything there. It was like one yeah. gas station and a grocery store and two bad coffee carts because we tried both of them. <laughs> yeah, well, they were owned by the same people, we realized, after we went to both of them. Yeah. But the only things related for the books were like one or two shops that had like Team Edward and Team Jacob like t-shirts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I think they did like Twilight tours. I'm not sure if they were running now. So we didn't go in them. Right. But yeah, that was it. <clears throat> and then we went to like a cheap little diner and there was a couple crappy looking motels. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, we just, just, you know, in case you wanted to know, in case you ever, uh, you know, plan to go because you like those books. Yeah. I it's, did. And it's really not I'm really worth glad it. I didn't go just for that. Yeah. So the rainforest, that was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was a, it was a fun drive cause we drove um, along the coast for a part of it, up highway one Oh one. 
and then up around the Olympic Peninsula, like from the west, curving around to like the north and east. And then we stayed um, in an Airbnb outside of Port Angeles. And we were still kind of in the middle of nowhere. And like, there was no like Wi-Fi or cable TV. And we had like moderate crappy cell service. Mm -hmm. But we were right on a lake, which was cool. Um, So you could go there in the summer and like kayak and stuff like that. Um, And then uh, I didn't actually uh, realize how big the house was when I rented it. So it was an Airbnb and it was kind of pricey, but it was was, a um, huge house. (laughs) I was actually just like looking for a house that had a hot tub because I grew up having a hot tub in my house um, for my parents and it was like a nice, like relaxing thing to do. And we just haven't had it in so long now. Um, So I was like, oh, it'd be cool. We'll get like a little uh, Airbnb, we'll have a hot tub to hang out in. And yeah, it was actually like right after Chris and I had our um, third anniversary. So it was supposed to be like a fun trip for that. Mm -hmm. But we totally like didn't plan correctly to have a good hot tub experience. So it's funny. Like the relaxing aspect. You could say that we're like making up for it by renting this tiny home now, you know, to compare the sizes of the two homes. Because that one was like a, it was like a three story like four or five bedroom house. I thought I only had three. I thought there was like one bedroom uh, on each story. But some uh, of them I have multiple so. beds in them. Yeah. 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 I guess that was it. Yeah. I guess there was like five beds. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, and this is a tiny home we're in right now, which is pretty sweet. But um, I forget where I was going with that. The opposite in sizes no. or the hot tub thing. The hot tub thing. So um, we. Oh, so we actually ended up bringing our dog on that trip, which we weren't planning on. It's just some last minute things um, that we had planned on kind of fell through. Um, and so we ended up bringing her um, and she's housebroken and everything like that. So it wasn't an issue as far as having her at the Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And we were allowed to bring a dog. We had just planned not to since we knew it'd be primarily a road trip. Yeah. So using this hot tub. Uh, so for one, while we were in the hot tub, our dog wanted to be with us so she was like whining at the door and it was pretty cold out and it wasn't a fenced in yard or anything so i like tied her to the deck railing um but then she was like whining because she was was cold and tied up next to us and it was like oh my gosh and then (laughs) we didn't think about like what to do with jamie while we were in the hot tub Mm -hmm. i guess i was like hoping that he would nap when i booked it yeah. But then, like, he just goes through phases where he doesn't nap for very long at all. And he was in a really big mental leap, like, while we were on I, that it, trip. It, like, started while we were on that yeah. trip. So, so he was, like, just under six months old when we left. And he, I think it started while we were there. Like, he just had a hard time, some of it. He did really great in the car, <laughs> which, like, if you guys have been listening all the way through, he didn't used to do well in the car. It would make him upset. But by this, by the point of that trip, he did great. And he would like sleep in the car almost the whole time. Yeah. And we would just like stop when he needed to eat or whatever. Yeah. So that, that really great. worked out. But so we had him like sitting in a high chair all bundled up, like right next to the hot tub. Um, and that worked for about 10 minutes. Maybe and then less. he he got tired of that. So then I tried holding him, you know, and only like half my body was in the hot tub. Um, that's not very fun either. Yeah, that wasn't very fun either. Shoulders. Yeah, so really, we only ended up being in the hot tub for like 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. So, better luck next time, I guess. Yeah. 
Um, better work on that planning better. But other than that, the trip was really a lot of fun. Um, we saw a lot of really cool Ooh. things. We saw this massive cedar tree. Yeah, it had some name like Big uh, John or something funny like that. Yeah. Um, but it's, it was actually dead, unfortunately. Right. But, but it, it was, was the, probably the biggest oh tree I've ever I seen. I feel like it was like 20 or 30. It was like the size of like what you think of the redwoods in California. Yeah. But it was a cedar tree. Right. And it was amazing. And those are uh, sequoias, in case right. you didn't know. And so typically cedars don't get as big as sequoias. But actually in Yellowstone, that's actually the only place in the world where sequoias get that big. It's actually Yellowstone. Or not Yellowstone in Redwoods. Redwood, Redwood National, National Forest. Forest yeah, yeah, that's the only place where the sequoias get that big. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, it's the growing conditions. Yeah. So this one was massive. Um, I, I mean, think it had to do with being like right out. I think it was right outside of the rainforest. It was like yeah, on the border. So it it must have gotten like plenty Up of water, conditions. but it didn't have much competition. Um, but anyway, so that was really incredible to see. It, I wish they would have had a little placard there saying how old it was because we have no yeah, idea. Yeah, they have to know. Yeah, they must I, know. Yeah, Somebody we knows. Look, we should look it up. But <clears throat> that was really impressive. The drive was really pretty. Yeah. The weather was really good. That was just was overall a, a really weather. great trip. We did a lot of walks through. Oh, yeah. the uh, Also, something I didn't know until we got there, the Olympic National Park is one of the only national parks that you can't like drive through. So, like, when I was looking at a map, I was kind of, like, looking at different trails uh, that we could do through the park. And then I was kind of thinking, like, oh, yeah, and then we'll just, like, drive over here and, like, go to that next trail. But I didn't realize until we got there that you can't drive all the way through because the middle parts are pretty inaccessible. Um, and they don't want to make roads through because it'll kind of ruin it. Yeah. So, um, I think it was the first night that we were staying there. Uh, Jamie just woke up at like two o'clock in the morning and started screaming, um, and screamed for at least an hour. And that was the beginning of his mental leap. Um, so then as his, um, month progressed, it was a very long leap. Uh, he, yeah, I think if you go by wonder weeks, it was like scheduled to be like five weeks. And I think that was accurate, but he started later than Wonder Week said. So yeah. he was like, he's supposed to have been in the leap for like a week or two already. But at that point, like he had been fine until we got on that trip. And then it was just like, he turned into a little disaster. Yeah. He's just tired. Mm. Okay, quick intermission. Jamie's tired and uh, he gets nice and grumbly when he's tired. So... If you hear the classical music in the background, that's to keep the baby calm. Anyway, lately, he's been a lot nicer. But during that trip is when we realized his leap started and things were tough. There was a part where we were hiking through one of the rainforest hikes and he screamed like <laughs> for the last half mile. And Chris was like literally like creeling while he was walking, but he was just like upset to be alive at that moment <laughs> i felt so bad for bad. for all the people on the hike with us because they were not able to enjoy it yeah <clears throat> but anyway the trip was fun overall um we saw port angeles which is a pretty cool place yeah yep and it was uh it was a good experience knowing that he could take small road trips mm-hmm so that was good. Um, so 
him physically. He's basically the same size. He's only like a smidge bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for the last like two months, he's been physically about 27 inches, 20, like 19 to 20 pounds, and uh, fits like about into 12 month clothes. Like some things will fit smaller, some things will fit bigger. Yeah. Um, but what has changed is his hair is getting like thicker and lighter. Um, he's definitely turning into a little blonde boy. His eyes got darker, so they're closer to like dark brown now. Um, and so that's kind of cool. Um, he really likes, uh, sitting up and being read to at the end of the night. Sometimes he'll be really fussy and then you like sit him on your lap and, you know, open a board book and, you know, he'll actually calm down and then you'll read the book to him and then he goes to sleep pretty nicely. Um, so that's pretty fun. Uh, almost anything is funny. Um, as long as it's done correctly. I think you know what I mean by that. Um, so we've also expanded his palate very greatly, um, throughout this time. What are some of the foods that he ate that he hadn't eaten before? Yeah. So he eats a lot of different squashes now. We've done green and yellow summer squash. And then as it got colder, I moved into winter squashes. So like butternut or pumpkin. Those are the other two. He hasn't had spaghetti squash. I thought it was too stringy. Yeah, probably. Um, but I make him like butternut squash and pumpkin soup and mix it with coconut cream or like bone broth. And he seems to love that. Like even as like a six month old, he would eat like a half a cup of soup. It was pretty crazy. Like that's a small adult portion. Yeah. He eats a tremendous amount of food. Yeah. For his size, it is like amazing how much he eats. Um, he's tried a couple different kinds of meats, but we like primarily stick to fish just cause they're easier to put mush in your mouth. Um, since he does still only have two teeth. I think that was the same as last time too. Mm-hmm. He, um, he started eating the whole egg. Um, we used to only give him egg yolks, mm-hmm. um, cause the whites are a pretty common. common. Right. Um, but now we'll like give him like scrambled eggs and it'll just be like the whole thing. Um, he'll eat two to three eggs in one sitting. No problem. Mm-hmm. Along with, uh, like a whole banana. Um, usually and, that's a separate eating. Right. Separate eating. Um, he also eats about half an avocado when he decides mm-hmm. to eat avocado. Um, <laughs> but he, rarely turns down food normally even if he isn't saying he's hungry if you start feeding him he'll just eat um <laughs> he is really i mean both of us are pretty big eaters as well so it shouldn't be too surprising but for his size it's amazing how much food he can eat like a whole banana stunned us when he started doing that yeah that's the size of his whole arm and he just eats the whole thing and we used to mush it up for him and then like spoon feed it to him. But then like I tried just like giving it to him, see what he would do. And he just like nurses the banana so hard that it like turns mushy in his mouth and then he eats it. So he can eat like a whole banana in like seven minutes because he just like sucks the whole thing down so fast. Um, so that's pretty funny to watch too. Yeah. Yeah, that's been his, uh, his, like, evening meal a lot. Like, a little while before bed when he's getting fussy and hungry. There were some nights where I was just, like, tired of breastfeeding him by that point. So we would just give him a banana instead. Um, 
But he is still breastfed, like, I don't know, at least half of his meals for the day. Maybe more. Yeah. So, also this month, we um, hired a new babysitter slash nanny. So, uh, since since Jamie was going through that pretty tough leap, um, I was having a really hard time getting any work done. Uh, just because he was really, really needy throughout the day. So, we... We uh, looked into the daycare that's nearest to our house, and that was two grand a month at least, uh, just to start, and that's like seven hours a day, five days a week, Um, but that's kind of like more than we wanted, so I was like, well, if I just need like, I don't know, 10 to 20 hours a week, like, what are our options then, and... Uh, then the next place I looked was like a nanny service and it was called like Seattle nanny network. And I was like, Oh yeah, that sounds good. You know, like maybe since it's like a network of people, they'll have people that want to work like all different amounts of hours. But then I called them and they have a 25 hour per week minimum. And you know, they like obviously have like varying rates for different experience of people. But before you start paying hourly, you have to pay five grand down before you pay that, you have to pay $350 for a, like, setup call. So they, like, talk to you for a half an hour and, like, figure out your needs. And I was like, wait a second. So we're in, like, over five grand before we even start paying them. And then we have to, like, basically provide, like, a payroll service and do all that. And it just sounded, like, excessive for what we're looking for. Like, we have one baby and, like, I'm home. Like, I still... And breastfeeding Jamie every day, I basically just need, like, a mother's helper. So, all these things seemed, like, so excessive and so expensive that it didn't make sense. So, then, like, we remembered that our next-door neighbor was a nanny before the pandemic hit. And uh, she would take care of, you know, I think, like, one to three kids in her job. But she hasn't been able to work because she has two preteen daughters that are doing online school now. So she has to be home to like set them up, make sure they're, you know, doing their work and everything and like feed them during the day. Uh, So she's home with them and can't go back to work. So we asked her if she'd be interested in watching Jamie just for like a few hours here and there. And she was like, yeah, sure. Like, like she has limitations from her schedule, but like, I'm really flexible anyway with mine. So it would just be nice to have like some help. Uh, But anyway, so yeah, Chris talked to her and... Uh, we set that up and now for the last, like about two weeks, uh, she's been coming over a couple days and just watching Jamie in like the afternoons right before Chris gets home. So that's been cool to like, to have a little bit of time away from him. Uh, just cause you know, I don't know. I think anyone that knows that's been a parent and taking care of a baby, it's, it's just nice to have like a little bit of a break now and then to, get some things done without a, a baby in your arms or, you know, needing you in the background. It's nice to know he's being taken care of. And then on top of that, it's, it's really nice to know he's going to have like all these extra hours of one-on-one play because the way we time it is basically that um, he'll take like a late morning, early afternoon nap. And then she'll come over. Like if we try to do it shortly after that, if she, if it works for her schedule and then she can stay until his next nap most days so she just like entertains him directly the whole time while I'm like working or whatever. And it's, it's really cool. Cause I know he's getting like direct play of like showing toys to him or books or 
like walking him around, doing different activities in the house. Um, and that's really good. Like, you know, she covers like diaper changes or she'll feed him whatever I made him for that day. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's nice. And I think Chris thinks it's nice too. Yeah. I know <laughs> she appreciates the money too. And we're happy to, you know, pay her because then it's somebody that we know and is mm-hmm. local and it just really works out. There's no commute. Yeah. You know? And she has a super reasonable rate in comparison to all these other things. Cause she's like well within the range that we were looking at for like other childcare. Um, but we don't have to pay like extra fees to pay for the network she's a part mm-hmm. of, or like the facility that she's using, you know, she's just like walks, you know, to the next door over. Cause we're literally next door neighbors and, you know, watches him. I mean, most times her kids are popping in and out just to like, you know, ask her a question or, you know, whatever <laughs> they need. She has to get them set up with their, you know, online school. Yeah. And they do p- piano lessons too. So a lot of times they run over to use her cell phone for that. Yeah. So anyway, that's been a cool adjustment and I definitely recommend it for people. Yeah. Mm. Oh, more groans from the baby. All right. Um, physically, Jamie has made some changes as well. So I think that we just say, yeah, he's sitting up now. Um, yeah. but it's kind of odd. Like we, we don't know many other, really any other babies closely. Um, but Jamie never like wanted to sit up on his own. It has just gotten to a point where it was like a month or two past when babies generally start sitting up. Um, so we started like trying to sit him up on the ground on his own just to like check if he can do it. Um, so we did that and like he can hold himself for, I don't know like a minute or so if he wants to. And then, um, like he just spends most of the time on his tummy, which from what I hear is very unusual because most babies don't like being on their tummy, but he like always wants to, where if you put him down on his back, he just rolls over to his tummy right away. Or if you put him down sitting up, he rolls over flat and onto his tummy again. So yeah, so we checked and he, he can sit up, but he doesn't really do it himself still. But what he does do, uh, just this week, he started the quadruped position where he um, like sits up on his hands and knees. And that was like a big leap. Like I didn't realize that was such a muscle development until I've been watching him grow. Because, you know, to an adult, that seems like a very, pretty much like a resting position. You know, like in yoga, you do like the you know, tabletop hands and knees pose when you're like too tired for down dog. Basically it's like a very much so a resting pose, but for a baby, like they have to develop so many muscles to be able to pull their hips back and up into that position and be able to hold it. So I think currently he just started doing it a few days ago and currently he can only hold it for like a few seconds. And then he like puts his hips back down and is just like, in basically like a upper Superman pose where he's like lifting his legs and chest off the ground. But so he's yeah. like one step away from being able to crawl because quadruped's the right position. Right. Yeah. He's like in that crawling pose and then moves forward in it. So, so yeah, I think it's still really cool to watch him uh, physically develop. Um, what else? What else? He needs lots of entertainment these days. Yeah. Yeah, he's happier, but man, he just like wants entertainment. 
Oh, uh, he still likes his jolly jumper. So that's a big activity center for him. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think we've talked about his lounge chair that sings in the past and he's just about too big for that. Yeah. He's still fitting it, but he's, his like head is at the upper bar. So we'll probably get rid of it really soon. And then, um, he just got from his Nana for an early Christmas present. It's a, a walker, but we got a really simple one. Um, most of them, it's the thing where they like basically sit into a little soft harness seat and then their legs can touch the ground and they have like a back on their seat as well. Um, and then they have like some type of tray in front of them. But most of them that I've seen have like attached toys that are like very colorful or sing or do all these things. But we don't really like that style, I guess. Um, we want him to have a more like simple led childhood where things don't like always like make noise and dance for him where he has to like create more imagination out of it. So we got him, um, I think it's called the Juvie or like the spoon juvie. Yeah. I think those are the brands, the brand and like name of the product. And that is like the seat. And it just has like a plain tray in front of it. And so we just put his other toys there. He's got plenty of other little toys to play with. Yeah. He's so many little like teethers and stuffed animals. Boy, does he like doing that too? Yeah. He's, he got kind of like, I don't know, confused about it the very first time we put him in. And because the only time he had been in that standing position is in his jolly jumper. So immediately he started trying to jump, but then he got upset when he couldn't because there is no uh, spring spring above him to, you know, to pull him up. So he was a little upset at first, but then um, like by the next day, he really got the hang of it and was just like, oh, like I can scoot around and like they put all these toys in front of me. And it seems like it's set up that like once a baby can feed themselves, you could put food in front of them to eat or like do a craft or something. I don't know how long he'll be in this thing before he can actually walk. Yeah. Right now he likes whipping his toys around by their little tethers and smacking them on the tray. Yeah. But that looks super fun. So that's what he's going to do. But he does scoot around the room with it. It's kind of fun. You know, it's like weird, you know, because we've never had like, you know, a baby, you know, before. So like, Uh you know, the past six months, like he stays where you put him. But now, like if you put him in this little walker, you know, you can put him down in the kitchen in the walker and then you walk over to the couch and sometimes he'll like follow you. (laughs) You know, a couple of minutes later, there he is like rolling over. Yeah. So that's pretty fun. Yeah, no, it's cool. I like it. So it'll be interesting. And we've tried to baby proof our house a little bit more. Uh, we put all our little outlet covers on, and I took all the plants out of his room. And I think we like secured some things to the wall yeah, and whatnot. Yeah. We got the furniture tip yeah. over proof straps. Oh, that's something else too. He he sleeps like quote unquote on the floor now. Mm-hmm. Um, we I think. I'm trying to think of when it was. It was a few was, weeks uh, ago. We swapped his guava baby bassinet into the like pack and play version. So the mattress kind of like sits on the floor, but it's still contained in the crib. It was for the Olympic Peninsula trip. Because that was oh, the really? first time he was on the floor. Yep. Uh, no, it was at Tyler's. That was oh, the first was? time he was on the floor. Huh. Yeah. So it was in November. Okay. So it was like in the middle, like six and a half months old when we did it. Six and a half. Yeah. I think it's because I looked at the bassinet like rating. It was like on the tag on that, like the sewn tag. And it said like, once your baby's over 18 pounds, switch it to the other version. 
and he was over 18 pounds. I just had never read that part of it before. Yeah. Um, it was a smaller print. So, so we switched him for that and, um, it took him a little while to get used to that too, but now he seems fine. It's just a little trickier for us because we had to like bend all the way over to put him down to the floor to put him to sleep instead of, you know, in like a raised bassinet. Yeah. But he's a healthy, happy kid who yeah. loves playing and smiling. <laughs> yes, yeah. So how, what do you think of being a dad this for this amount of time now? How is that going? I think it's a lot of fun. Um, I'm excited to, you know, share adventures with him and, mm -hmm. you know, do little projects and, you know, all kinds yeah, of Yeah, don't you want to talk about your trains? Fun stuff. So, that um, is highly driven by Jamie. Mm-hmm. So when I was a kid, um, we were supposed to do, like, trains around the Christmas tree because um, my dad's really big into um, model railroading. Um, but we never, like put together a, a Christmas tree track set. Um, he has this massive layout like in my parents' basement. And so it's really impressive. Um, but I think maybe that's why we never ended up doing like the around the tree track because that's so like simple in comparison. Um, and if you have this massive layout in the basement, I guess maybe it could be seen as like almost a waste of time because you only use, you know, the around the tree layout for a month and the one in the basement you could use whenever you want. Um, but anyway, so I always kind of wanted that. I always thought it'd be fun, you know, mm. mostly because it's like, you know, whimsical, like the movies and everything. But um, yeah, so it would always be it's like fun. a traditional Christmas spirit thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I decided that since we um, finally have our own home uh, and we're spending Christmas at our own home instead of traveling for the holiday, and, you know, so now we have Jamie. I decided, like, for his first Christmas, I'm going to put together the little train set um, layout that I always wanted. And then I'm going to keep it going as a Christmas tradition. And then hopefully when he gets older, then he'll get to play with it. So um, that was really fun for me. I put together this, like, figure eight track setup um, just recently, decorated it with like a white tree skirt um, to, you know, try to help the landscape more look more like winter-like, you know. And so then uh, my dad gave me a little steam engine to use for it and some rail cars. And so I went to the hobby shop and I went to their used uh, section and actually got a couple more rail cars. And then so I started decorating them uh, for Christmas with little like figurines and stuff and they have um, like little presents or wreaths or mm -hmm. you got like spray on snow to put on some of the roofs yeah so so i'm gonna doll it up a little bit and you know just kind of bring it mm -hmm. to like the basic level um for this year and then as jamie gets older you know we can decorate stuff with like his toys you know or maybe if he shows interest maybe we can like you know build like a little, you know, like scenery house, you know, and like have it look kind of Christmassy or something, you know, if he shows interest, if not, that's fine too. It's, mm -hmm. You know, it's for me, you know, as much as it's for him, but I just thought it'd be a really fun little tradition, you know, that every year, you know, when we decorate for Christmas, we also set up this little train track, you know, and then he could play with it. And, you know, even if things get broken or whatever, you know, we'll try to be careful, but <laughs> it's not the end of the world because, you know, it's gotta be fun. So, yeah, I thought that was really exciting, and that's yeah, definitely... Yeah, Chris has been having a lot of fun setting up the trains. Yeah, something it's new. Cool. Yeah, fun toy. Mm-hmm. So. 
All right. Well, I that's all I can think of uh, to update you guys on this uh, baby parenting life. But yeah. uh, it's been pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun being a parent. Uh, so far, we like seven months better than six months <laughs> um, because he's more joyful and less complainy. <laughs> but uh, overall, you know, he looks pretty similar. Um, but yeah, he's a good kid and we enjoy having him in our lives. Oh, wait, there's one more thing. What? The backpack. Oh, yeah. That is so big. I can't believe we forgot that till now. Oh, man. Yeah, mm. I should go into that. Um, so we... We were trying to hike with, we've been hiking with Jamie virtually every weekend, um, but we did our first snow hike with him and it was unexpected. Uh, we planned to do a hike when we were staying at Tyler's on the Olympic <laughs> Peninsula. And so we did, went up to do Mount Eleanor. Um, so it is like, it's like an easy peak to hit. Um, it's actually on the peninsula too. That's what I just said. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so we, we went up to do it and as we were on our way up the mountain, uh, you like start a little while up. Uh, it started snowing and we we're like, oh, wow, like wasn't expecting that. Like we totally thought it was just like a fall hike because everywhere we had been so far in the season was just fall, but it was higher elevation. So it started snowing. Um, so we went up and um, luckily we had like brought enough clothes for him. And I mean, we're not wor really worried about ourselves getting cold on hikes. We usually do fine. Um, but we had like kind of one of our like simpler carriers that wasn't the best for a longer term hike um and then it started being icy too so we're going up and i was it like the end of jamie's leap he was just miserable yeah i think it was the end of his leap i think he was still in the leap but like he yeah so he so was he just started miserable. screaming he was just screaming like practically from the beginning and like there's nothing wrong it was only him. a four mile hike so we thought we could just like do it and it'd be fine you know we kept checking his limbs and like he wasn't cold he was just screaming yeah, like, he wasn't dirty he, he had wasn't enough dirty. layers on yeah. he was being carried in a front carrier so he got like plenty of body warmth from chris he wasn't hungry he had just slept so he probably wasn't tired he was just being mr miserable yeah and so we kept hiking and so then he started like kicking while he was screaming. And so I was like trying to hike up, you know, while it's like icy and snowy out. And he's like stepping on my knees as I'm trying to carefully step up. And it so was anyway, just bad. this whole thing ended in we didn't finish the hike because it got too slippery and we didn't have like good traction on our shoes because it was icy by the time we got to the upper portion. And then Chris was completely miserable because he was carrying a screaming baby for miles. Who was kicking me. And was slipping and was having a hard time carrying him because it wasn't a supportive carrier. And oh. so it was just like everybody had a bad time that day and it did <laughs> not go well. So what ended up happening is we came down the mountain and I'm, I think we just ate because we were just like, whatever, like we're done with this. We're just going to have some food. Yeah. But then the next morning... Um, we went to REI to look at uh, micro spikes. So if you know them, they're like a strap on thing on your shoe uh, to add traction. And um, they, they're really expensive. We didn't end up getting the ones from REI, but we ordered them online and got them for like 20 bucks. REI and they were a, great. REI has a great store because you can go there and try out all these products and see what you like. And then you can make your decision at home online. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we got ones that work plenty well enough for us and they were only $20 a pair 
Um, so we got those. So now we can hike with ice and it does, you know, keep ourselves traction. So we're not falling down the mountain. But more importantly is while we were there, we looked at the Osprey Poco pack, which is the Osprey backpacking kid carrier. So it's like a backpacking backpack, you know, if you've seen them, uh, but it's, you put a kid in the top and then there's one like with and one without um, an extra gear spot, depending on like how much more gear you want to carry on top of your child. Um, not on top of, but like on top of in as in weight, in addition to it, it actually yeah. goes below them. Um, so we tried on their backpack, but they don't let you put the kid in it. You have to put like a, I don't know, like a little weight bag they have. You're not allowed to put your child because it's a liability apparently. <laughs> um, but we tried out that pack. Both Chris and I tried it on. And it is like $300 about, depending on which version you get. Like one's a little bit more, one's a little bit less. And we were like, whoa, like that's a lot. And the guy goes like, oh, well, there's like a 20% off sale happening like the next Friday. So it's like five days away. So we actually left the store like planning to buy it at the next, at that sale a couple days later. Um, but I was like, well, this is like a really big outdoors area. Like, why don't we just like check online first? So I logged on to offer up. And someone was selling like the two-year-old version 20 minutes from our house for like half price. So I was like, oh man, like we got to go for that. So I like put in an offer and we like countered back and forth and I ended up getting the like two-year-old version that's in perfectly fine condition for 175 and it's, it's like the full-on version. So it has like extra storage space and now like we can carry Jamie correctly for, I don't know, for a longer hike. I think this is the only bag I've seen that's actually good for hiking versus just like carrying your kid like around a mall or around the house or whatever, um, because it puts the weight on your hips, like a backpacking bag versus just like hanging on your shoulders or something, which isn't quite as sustainable. Um, it's a lot more sustainable on your hips because they're like a much bigger muscle area. So we've got that and we have been using it for the past couple weekends. And that's been a drastic improvement on everybody's mood because the thing has like, uh, like a sunshade for him and like separates him. So everybody's just more comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So that's the last thing that we wanted to share with you guys. So if you hike and you have a baby, recommend that pack. It'll uh, it'll save you a lot of, I don't know, sadness and upsetness. So thanks for listening. I uh, really appreciate you coming in for these updates, even if they get really disorganized because we are trying to care for the baby while creating them. But uh, we appreciate you tuning in. Have a good one, guys.